It is fantasy football time. You know it is because it is the fifth annual Brodo Heat Wave. 32 teams in 32 days. We are going to be previewing every single fantasy viable player on every single team. We're going to be doing it for 32 days straight, setting you up for your drafts. You know what else is setting you up for your drafts? The Fantasy Football by Brodo app. It is free now for a limited time. It will not be free forever. Get it now. It is the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. Not only does it have our content on it, but whether you are an amateur or a professional in this industry, it has every single stat you need to know, every single thing you need to know about the player. You're going to hear us reference these stats many times. There's exclusive stats with our Mathemagician. Santiago Casanova, exclusive stats created just by us that have now, we've, we've done the research, been proven to be more effective than the stats you usually rely on. On top of that, it is all made possible by our great fans over at patreon.com slash Fantasy. Support the show, get tons of extras, play in leagues with us, and get the ultimate tool, the waiver wire show, every single Tuesday. With that being said, the heat wave, it's on, baby. Let's get it started. Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. It is the time. It is. This is the time. When you hear Nelly, you know what's up. And it would not be complete if I didn't have my partners in crime, my brothers both from the same and another mother, uh, Mr. Michael and Mr. Matt Ward. Mike, what's good? What up, Tim? Heat Wave is back, baby. Matt, you're here too, and he's got the little fancy title. You didn't even spread the, I, I didn't even put the title under mine. He's got the fancy title, lead writer and director of content at Brutal Fantasy. What's up, Matt? Oh, man, I'm so pumped. I was talking about it off stage, behind the mics, behind the scenes. I have never been more excited to start the Heat Wave than I am right now. Oh, yes, it is going to be magic, and we are going to take you through the entire team. Um, we're going to start in the NFC West, the 49ers. Uh, this team came this close, again, to a Super Bowl appearance, but couldn't get there. It, arguably the best roster, fantasy-wise, and in the league, both. Uh, no one else has a legit person who was and has been a superstar in their life at every position outside of quarterback like... The San Francisco 49ers do. They are very unique in that way. They're going to be extremely fantasy relevant. Uh, the wide receivers are basically the only place where you don't know what you're, what you're getting from the players. But let's get into that, that X-factor position that I was talking about, and that is the quarterback position. I'm going to start with the quarterback position. Uh, the way that we're doing this is we all uh, specialized in one thing. So you're going to hear from me from quarterbacks and tight ends. You're going to hear running backs from Matt. me. It's like <laughs> Matt had wide receivers from me. Fantastic. Uh, so um, before we get into those quarterbacks, though, look at me. I'm already forgetting like the, the heat wave rules, the rules oh. of the heat wave. We got to get into this oh. offensive outlook because it's very important to know what offense you're talking about. Uh, the head coach is Kyle Shanahan. This is year seven for Kyle Shanahan. He had a 13 and four record last year. Uh, he calls the plays, but he gets help from Chris Forster, who is the offensive line and run game coordinator. Clint Kubiak, son of. The other Kubiak, can't remember his first name. Gary. Gary Kubiak, former uh, former offensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings. And Anthony Lynn, 
former head coach of the of the Chargers, as the assistant head coach slash running backs coach. Last year, they were six in points per game, eighth in rush percentage, and 27th in pass percentage. And when we go over these quarterbacks, you're going to understand uh, pretty quickly why. The offense didn't make too many adjustments. Sam Darnold was added to that quarterback room. Sammy! Number one fan right here. Everyone knows that. Uh, the offensive subtractions, uh, Jimmy G, obviously, going to the Raiders. And Mike McGlinchey, uh, very important offensive starting offensive lineman. Uh, he's going to he, – he's taking his talents to Denver. Um, so, let's get started. The quarterback position. Now, here's the thing about the quarterback position. As of, as of recording right now, we don't know who has the job. If we're looking at it from a fantasy perspective – uh, traditional minds would tell you Trey Lance is what we're hoping for, right? Because he can get us the most fantasy points. He uses his leg the most. Um, his competition is Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, the reports have been here. The reports have been there, whether or not he's going to be ready. It's going to be hard to imagine for me, um, Brock Purdy being the starter week one, just because even if he does come back from that injury quickly, uh, he still is a seventh round pick who has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Eight regular season starts under his belt and no training camp for a contender. So I don't know if that's going to be something that's going to be an equation that's going to settle uh, for week one. It might be a kind of a Sam Darnold setup or something like that. But the quarterback situation is completely up in the air. Um, and here's what the, and I, I just want to because the Kyle Shanahan offense is a self-running machine. We've seen it with different quarterbacks. We've seen it with Jimmy G. We've seen it with Nick Mullins. We've seen it with all these guys. It's a self it's it it does it handles itself. It's all yards after catch. So any quarterback is going to be able to make fantasy points for the guys we're about to talk about. Um, but from the position, you might think that Trey Lance is a better fantasy option, but so far in his career, he has not been. Uh Trey Lance only has one QB1 finish in his entire career. Uh it was last year, week 17. He was QB 10. Um, rushed for a touchdown in that game. Uh, on the other hand, Brock Purdy has two QB one finishes, but his ceiling was a little higher finishes QB six week 14 against Tampa Bay. So you got two guys that are unproven, two guys that are not going to be on your roster. The only thing we care about with these quarterbacks is what are they going to do for the other guys? So let's get into running backs. And we know we, the running back on this team might be the number one overall pick yet again. Um, Matt, what can you tell us about the running back and Mr. Christian McCaffrey? <laughs> I don't know why you added a French accent to a dude because you're Canadian. <laughs> and I just felt like throwing that in there, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like you said it, Christian McCaffrey is going to win you fantasy championships. It's, and if you want to go RB with your first overall pick, it's got to be Christian McCaffrey. I think it's as simple as that. Uh, he, he played half the season last year with a, what was a broken down Panthers offense that was rolling out Baker Mayfield and PJ Walker at quarterback. And they eventually hired or fired uh, rather their head coach, for running such a horrendous offense altogether traded away Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers and he still ends up averaging 21.0 PPR points per game that was RB2 just behind Austin Eckler a league leading 21.8% target share for running backs put up put up 1139 rushing yards a league leading 741 receiving yards for running backs on 85 receptions 244 carries too so it was a per touch machine as he always is 13 touchdowns which we know his touchdown ceiling is even higher than that as well um a lead leaguing lead leaguing yeah <laughs> no participation for running backs as well 75 percent. and i mean i'm sure you're going to notice that trend there's a lot of league leading stats for christian mccaffrey in oh, the yeah. profile like it's it's what he does it's where his bread is buttered and he's going to be doing that 
as we said, with the yak monsters that come out of San Francisco and kind of come out of that Sam um, Kyle Shanahan offensive system. He's from all intents and purposes. And, and I know that there's going to be a lot of like, you know, hype around Bijan as a rookie at, as well, but I don't think another running back deserves to be drafted in the first round other than Christian McCaffrey. It's like Christian McCaffrey, a bunch of wide receivers and Travis Kelsey. Austin Eckler. Yeah. Austin Eckler. Thanks. Mike. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Austin Eckler. You can definitely make that argument for sure, but still like it, Christian McCaffrey's ceiling is as elite as it comes. The injury concerns are far behind us. And I'm, I'm not, I was never concerned. Like I don't project obviously players to get hurt. Um, Certain guys, you know, like the Will Fullers of the world, like, you know, it's going to be baked into their ADPs because of those injury discounts. And with McCaffrey, that's not necessarily the case here. You have to pay premium prices for him, but he's been nothing but healthy. And even after, you know, getting a little banged up to enter the playoffs and Elijah Mitchell um, came out and had a good game against Seattle. But even then, McCaffrey comes back and has two touchdowns in the next game. And, and you know, he's as elite as it gets. And I, I, because we're talking about running backs, I do want to bring up Elijah Mitchell a bit because he's has such a late ADP and, and is essentially getting ignored as what is a pretty legit, like, league-winning handcuff. Um, even if CMC plays without injury for 17 games, Elijah Mitchell's going to have a bit of a role. Like he's proven his medal within Shanahan's offense. And very few players can say that. Like even Brandon Ayuk had to spend three years in the doghouse. So not to, not to cut you off, but also like we mentioned eighth, uh, eighth in the league in run percentage, 27th in the league yeah. in pass percentage. And they're going in with question questions at quarterback again. And CMC splits out wide. So often they showed no qualms about giving him the ball. Even when CMC was in that backfield, exactly. uh, yeah. that's a, that's a great point. He outcarried CMC a couple games. At a least. couple games. I was just about to bring that up. Exactly. Yeah. So there were even times when, and again, like the biggest knack with Elijah Mitchell, and it's more than baked into his ADP because I really do. People feel like they're just he's not being talked about at all as a draft viable player, um, and he's going to put up like some decent games with CMC healthy. And, and God forbid anything should happen to our our, our Lord and Savior at RB one, <laughs> like then. Elijah Mitchell is going to have an insane amount of touches because behind him is Jordan Mason and Tyrion Davis Price, who are absolute zeros at any level, even in a Shanahan offense. And he likes Elijah Mitchell. Like there was, there was no like they drafted Tyrion David Price hot, higher than they drafted Mitchell, and there was no problem within that organization of just being like, too bad for you. Like no touches, you're not talented enough. Yeah. So it's not a. There's nobody coming in to take away those touches. Again, he's like proven his medal within that offense, and he's entering his third season. Obviously, primary backup, and has always kind of just been really really good on a per touch basis like even last year in an injury riddled season 6.7 yards per carry 5.8 yards per touch like Elijah Mitchell gets work done when he's given the ball so I'm not even really worried if they with these quarterback problems do use more of a committee because Elijah Mitchell is a great I would like almost compare him to like a Tony Pollard light like you don't need 25 touches to have a good game a serviceable game from Elijah Mitchell yeah it's a, I do not disagree. Yeah, so it's a backfield with multiple fantasy options. And it, when you can get a guy that has, like, potential in your flex every once in a while, obviously he's going to have some games where he doesn't perform. But when you have that type of potential, plus league winner if CMC gets hurt, which CMC getting hurt is not something that is uncommon. 
right? So it's definitely something to take a look at. Michael, I think you have the most complicated position on this team, and that's the wide receiver room because, you know, you got Debo, the absolute incredible superstar last year, and then the year, la- before. Uh, the year before, excuse me, and then last year, a disappointment especially for where he was drafted. On the other hand, you got Brandon Ayuk, who was coming in with crazy hype two years ago, completely shit the bed in the doghouse, and then showed ascension last season to an extreme ascent. I think that anyone who watches him can tell you that this is one of the more talented, one of the more skilled wide receivers on the planet right now. Um, so, Michael, where do you see these guys? What do you look at these guys? What's your prediction on, on the wide receivers? Yeah, it's a Debo and Brandon Ayuk wide receiver room. Otherwise, Jawan Jennings, Ray Ray McLeod. They signed Chris Conley. A couple of those guys are going to have big games, but they're not going to be real uh, con- contributors to that offense. Look, the Maybe popular best thing. Ball, best ball assets? Yeah. What you say? No? I wouldn't say so. All right. <laughs> the, the popular thing to say about Debo Samuel right now, as you mentioned, oh, the 2021 year was an outlier, right? He was third in points per game that year compared to 24th last season, <clears throat> and he was lower than 24th in points per game his rookie season. And um, in 2020, he's dealt with injuries prior to the last couple of years as well. He has been more, uh, he has been uh, on the field more over the last couple of years. But look, I get it. Maybe Debo Samuel isn't a top three overall wide receivers. A lot of his dominance did come in 2021 when other weapons were injured. No CMC, of course. He closed out the final eight games with at least five carries in each of those games and at least one rushing touchdown in six of those games as well. Just a ridiculous run. He was on another level. In 2022, the only game where he had at least five carries came in week one, and that was without CMC. Um, After that, his rushing uh, dwindled a bit. But he still uh, maintained a reasonable reasonable target share above 18%. He had a true target value of 13th, which was 11 spots higher than his 24th overall finish in fantasy points per game in PPR leagues. Jimmy G is gone, but whatever. The Niners make do with their quarterbacks. We already know that. We saw Brock Purdy go on a huge run last year. If it's Sam Darnold, Trey Lance would be the only one I have slight concerns about, if I'm being honest, but we'll see how that uh, how that ends up working out. All I know is that, sure, 2021 may end up being Debo's peak season, but he's still a gift at his current ADP, in my opinion. He's going at wide receiver 17 in underdog leagues, 34th overall, late third round for a guy who's going in the first round in some leagues last year. His FFPC ADP... Maybe, probably all leagues. Yeah, his FFPC ADP is wide receiver 18, 37th overall, so first pick in the fourth round on average. Like, Debo Samuel being your fourth best player is something I would sign up for any day of the week. Like, we know... Yeah, he's. I think it's it's a gift where he's going. We know he has huge spike ability, and sure, he's going to have a few duds here and there, but who doesn't? And he's in one of the best offenses in the league. So, yeah, sign me up for, for Debo Samuel. It is ADP. And then that brings me to Brandon Ayuk, the other wide receiver, who he's a stud in his own right. I know Matt is a huge Brandon Ayuk fan. He actually averaged just about the same points per game last season as Debo, despite a true target value of 22 so he uh, he was about the same productivity from um, as Debo Samuel, despite expecting um, a higher, it, despite a less expected output in terms of true target value. He was 20th in points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns. He put up his first season over 100 targets, first season over 1,000 receiving yards. He even had a higher target share than Debo did in 22, checking in at over 22% of targets. And he played on over 90% of snaps. 
despite the presence of Debo, despite George Kittle, despite CMC coming over, Brandon Ayuk remained super involved, and he, um, he's been proven to be a very trustworthy asset for that team to stay on the field as well. Debo's got hurt a few times. George Kittle, we know, has some injury issues. CMC, we know, can get injured. Brandon Ayuk has been the mainstay in that offense throughout all of it. And if I like Debo at wide receiver 17, who has similar numbers to Brandon Ayuk last season, why would I not like Brandon Ayuk going at wide receiver 29? Facts. Facts. The wide receiver 29 on FFPC, 64th overall. On underdog, similar wide receiver 28. 51st overall underdog always pushes up wide receivers. Fantasy pros, um, like conglomerates all the sites together. 32nd wide receiver (laughs) off the board. What? yeah, it's just silly to me. So obviously, if I like Debo, I'm gonna like Ayuk at a massive discount compared Holy to him. If I had shit. to choose between the two, I'd likely choose Ayuk just based on the value there. But I think both are gonna end up being pretty solid picks at their ADP. Um, I think Ayuk is basically a shoe in to at least match his ADP. And yeah, both these guys I'd be happy to draft where they're currently going. I think people maybe are a little scared off based on the QB room, but Kyle Shanahan has shown that there's not really any reason to to be f- fearful of the offense that he produces year in and year out. I think the number one most fearful thing, I think, when you're drafting San Francisco 49ers is not everyone can eat every day. And True. you're going to get some dud games. That's just what comes. There's, there's volatility 49ers. to stacked offenses. Right. Because you're going to get, you got, like we just mentioned, CMC, Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk. We all, we expect them all to surpass their ADPs at the moment. I mean, you can't really surpass your ADP if you're Christian yeah. McCaffrey, or at least play to that level. Um, and there's another guy on top of that as well. Um, the tight end, George Kittle. Now, there is something to be concerned about because after they got CMC, George Kittle averaged just over four targets a game, right? So when you're thinking about that, that is scary. But what he did with those things, that's also scary because he those things with, with <laughs> them tings. Yeah. Look, the targets. With the targets, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he scored like a wild animal uh, last year. 11. Receiving such, touchdowns, such most of those, monster. yeah, most of those came uh, from Brock Purdy was just throwing him touchdown after touchdown after touchdown after touchdown uh, week after week after week after week. Um, now, I mean, George Kittle is the same thing. Like the question always with George Kittle is, is he worth the headache? Right, because he never plays a full season, ever, ever, ever. Last year he was tight end seven or better six times, and now those were and it, within those three week winning type performances. Tight end 20 or worse six times. This is something you live with with the tight end room. Don't get me wrong. But when you're taking someone in the fourth, fifth round where George Kittle is expected to go, um, you that's something that I hesitate on. So for me, unless I'm getting George Kittle at an absolute steal, right? Although I think he will finish. He's going, I think his ADP is tight end three right now. If I'm not mistaken, no, um, Hawks, Hawks, Hawkinson three. is going, but that's, I think it's because tight end premium leagues are, uh, are popping Kittle, off right like, now. I don't know why TJ Hawkinson would be Kittle. Uh, Kittle, Kittle falls right around ahead of Goddard, who is like tight end six right now. So, so yeah, tight fine. end five. Something. All right. So, it's, I he's definitely going to reach that plateau. I think that you're. But the problem is he's going to give you a roller coaster, um, and that's because San Francisco's offense is stacked. 
and that's because he has injury woes. And the dude loves to block. He's uh, underrated right now. And I was just listening to you around the NFL, which in the around the, around the NFL podcast is one of my favorite NFL. Uh, like not fantasy, they don't talk about anything. It's one of my favorite. But they were mentioning the the superstar club, and they said there was only one tight end superstar, and that was Travis Kelsey. And I'm like, wow. you guys are wilding. Because George Kittle, although he gets hurt, is the maybe one of the most complete players in the NFL right now because of the way he blocks. But the problem is we don't get Easily. fantasy. Yeah, so we don't yeah, get 100%. we don't get fantasy points for blocks, right? Maybe so we should, maybe we should add that to our home league this year, Tim. That would be a different Pan- type of pancakes. Then I'm taking like then I'm taking Kittle in the third round. Uh no, but for real, um, uh, so he's probably gonna be a little too expensive for me, um, but probably going to George Kittle his way uh, into your fantasy heart. At the end of the day, I mean, this is a pretty straightforward team. One thing that's not straightforward is dynasty, and we have the dynasty Don. Eh, no, eh, there it is, right <laughs> there, uh, Mr. Matt Ward. So, Matt, um, please enlighten us with your dynasty stash guy. Uh, we we didn't really name this segment. What do you guys think? That dynasty dynasty stash, stash. Dynasty, dynasty stash, stash. guy. Yeah. guy. No, we got man. This is like Brodo. A little Brodo was a guy's. I'm I'm wearing a tank top right now. I, nothing says heat wave like if you're not youtubecom slash uh, Brodo Fantasy. If you're not <laughs> looking already, because nothing. Something. I, uh, no. Okay. Good. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, man. This is the the dynasty sleepers and stashes, like the, the kind of the guys that are super undervalued, free on the radar off the radar rather and kind of have a foreseeable path to production and therefore value increases. And I'll give a little honorable mention to Trey Lance because it is worth mentioning that like no quarterback in the history of the NFL has ever been drafted in the top five and started less than 30 games. So Trey Lance will start a full season at some point in his career and in Superflex at, you know, QB 19, one pick ahead of uh, Kenny Pickett in the sixth round. I mean, that's he's going to start 17 games at some point or at least been given the chance to even if it comes after the 49ers cut him in his fifth season, you know, after they don't pick up the rookie contract. So a little honorable mention there. I think that is absolutely somebody that you have to keep on your rosters and you have to keep attacking the market on. But for me. The deep stash and the guy that I think is going to have probably some relevance uh, potentially in his rookie season. And I'm glad you led me in with George Kittle is it's, it's Cameron Latu. And the tight end position is very strange for rookies, obviously, like or not necessarily strange. It's just very rare that we see rookies produce. And George Kittle has had his injury concerns and projecting 17 games for him is like projecting 75 touchdowns for any quarterback. It's just probably not going to happen at any point in time in his career. And Cameron Law, too, has got decent enough draft capital. He has the size, the athleticism, the decent enough production, obviously, once he transferred to Alabama. Um, And he's somebody that I kind of live by the philosophy that when you have a team that has, you know, five weapons, maybe even six, if if you're including quarterbacks that somebody is going to underperform their ADP and whether it be from injury or lack of production, somebody's going to underperform that ADP. And I see that being George Kittle and Cameron Lottie is a guy that I'm he's free. You don't even have to spend a fourth round pick on him. He's just somebody that you grab off of the waivers and he has really strong hands. He's extremely competitive as a run blocker, which is obviously why San Francisco wants him in there. He's got good burst off the snap, good balance, good strength and effort through arm tackles. Like he'll bust and break tackles of, of, 
defensive backs, no problem, might have a little bit of, of trouble with a lack of upper body strength against linebackers, but he, he's a lean athlete, has obvious upside, great speed, flashes the ability to make yards after the catch. Like he is a as poor of a man can get, but a poor man's George Kittle. And I think 49ers see that in him completely. He's already second on the depth chart. He's seeing a lot of first team reps. He smashed through rookie camps by all of the beat reports. And he's again, somebody that is free. And I'm just going to keep putting on my rosters as long, you know, for that $1 waiver ad or that $0 waiver ad, the the first guy I add after rookie waivers in the slew of waiver runs. That's it's just, an easy path to upside as soon as George Kittle goes down hopefully that doesn't happen and we finally see a full season but should that happen we're gonna and we've seen like kind of goes with the quarterbacks for 49ers as well we've seen guys like Ross Dwelly come in and put up 28 point 30 point weeks in back-to-back and then just dissipate from existence in the 49ers offense it's just a system that as you were saying is volatile for sure but allows for almost everybody to have their chance to eat at some point. You're only getting that here. I promise you. You're only getting that here. There's nothing else to say. You're only getting that here. And we got 31 more teams on the way. We're continuing next uh, tomorrow. I was going to say next week. Oh, it's the heat wave, baby. We're continuing tomorrow with the Seattle Seahawks. Until then, this is Tim at BrotoFF Tim at PsychWardFF. At Broto FF Mike. You can follow us at Broto Fantasy, at FF by Broto. Don't forget, download the Fantasy Football by Broto app. It's free. The link is in the bio. And please join our Patreon to support and keep the app free and get a ton of extras and just to support the show. We appreciate it. That's what keeps the lights on. See this beautiful studio? And to watch on YouTube. And watch on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Broto Fantasy. Subscribe. Click that bell for the notifications, bro. All of that. Look at this. This is again, this guy's a Gen Gen Xer, Gen Zer. I don't know what they, they call him. I don't know days. what I am. <laughs> I'm a millennial. I don't, I, I don't know. I think Maybe, I'm a millennial. I think that's where I'm, I'm ending on. Uh, we got the Seattle, uh, Seattle Seahawks tomorrow. Smooth landing, baby. Later. Later. Peace. What? What? What?